Welcome to the latest weekend edition of Second City Sports Zoom Style. Zoom Style? <laughs> Along with Miss Lakina McGee, creator and founder of the Second City Sports Radio Show, now podcast. I am Sydney Brown. You can follow yours truly on Twitter and Instagram at SidKid80. Once again, at SidKid80. That's S I D K I D 80. That's S I D K I D 80. You can cut, catch this lovely program along with our other podcast programming from We Are Regal Radio. Just search for War on Anchor. They kick you over to Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever you, you can download your podcast. You can catch us there. And don't forget to download the iHeartRadio app. Just search for War on Anchor after you do that, and you can catch us there as well. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on Twitter and at Keenan underscore McGee on the Instagram. And also, we can find our show on YouTube. Oh, I'm hearing an echo here. Um, just because go, where do they go sit on YouTube? They can go to War Media. That's W-A-R-R Media on YouTube. Like, share, and subscribe to the page. You can watch all of our pro podcast programming there. Like the page, share the page. Just and leave us a few comments there as well. And for for this segment, uh, for this weekend show, where it's all things NFL, it's all things Chicago Bears. So if you want to talk baseball or basketball, check out our last podcast. We give you all the information about those other sports there. But for this weekend's edition, it's going to be all about the Bears and NFL Week 1 preview. And to help us preview the 2020 Chicago Bears, his name is Lester Wilfong. He covers the Bears for Winnie City Gridiron. He's also the friend of the program. Lester, welcome to the program. How are you? Are you ready for some football? I'm ready for some football. Thanks for having me on, guys. No problem. Where can people follow you on social media? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at WiltfongJR. All right. The 2020 Chicago Bears come in with the season of uh, – well, well, we could call it maybe it's a potential season of unfulfilled expectations. That's the most the case in 2019, finishing with an 8-8 eight and eight record. Two years ago, they came out of nowhere with first-year head coach Matt Nagy, the coach of the year, winning the NFC North with a 12-4 record before bowing out in the wild-card round to the Philadelphia Eagles. This year, it's going to be questions uh, uh, questions that has to be asked. There will be answers starting on Sunday against the Detroit Lions. And Lester, I'll start with you. One of the questions uh, will be, who will be the starting quarterback for, for the Chicago Bears? Of course, last week it was announced that Mitchell Trubisky will be the starting quarterback for now. Are you surprised by this, or this is just what you expected? Uh, you know, I, honestly, I expected it to be Foles. You know, since the day they made the trade for him, they sent a, a, a fourth-round draft pick over there. You know, they reworked his contract. You know, he, he was acquired because he understood Matt Nagy's system. So, you know, from the day the trade was made, I figured he'd be the, the starter. You know, also that's based a, little, a lot on what happened last year with Trubisky. You know, he, he kind of took a step back. I mean, he didn't really evolve what he could do in the offense. You know, uh, Matt Nagy tried to, to do some different things, and, and there was a lot of struggles on the offensive off the side of the ball. So, you know, going into the season, I think not having a, a real offseason kind of hurt Nick Foles. Um, he really only had uh, a few weeks in training camp to kind of show the team what he had. So, you know, by him not having that, and, and I think with Mitch Trubisky, you know, he, he, he must have improved a bit this offseason. So I think the Bears saw enough in him and didn't see enough in Foles to make the switch. So, you know, it's going to be Mitch Trubisky in 2020 and, until it's not. How much does not having a preseason sort of 
gave Mitch the edge or was it, did it really make a difference? You know, I, I think it, it may have done that because I think if there was a preseason, uh, if there would have been uh, uh, OTAs in many camps, then I think Nick Foles would have had more time to get acclimated to his teammates. And I think ultimately that kind of is what gave Trubisky the edge. You know, he knows his team a little better. You know, even though with Foles has been an offense, you know, throughout a lot of his career, he hasn't been in this offense. You know, it's, it, there's the, 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 the verbiage is the same for the most part, but there are still some things that are different. So by Foles not having all those extra time to work with the team and, and work in the offense, I think that ultimately hurt him. And I think with, with Matt Nagy had to make the decision on who to name as the starter, if he has to base it solely on what they saw in training camp, I'm sure Trubisky had to slight edge. So if, if Nagy would have went with Foles, who he may believe in a little more, um, I think that may have been uh, the wrong move, you know, the wrong message to his team because, like I said, Trubisky probably looked better all through camp. You got to go with the guy that actually won the competition, and that's Trubisky. And speaking of Trubisky, Lester, uh, of course, there's going to be a, a, a storyline throughout the season every week, starting with this Sunday's game at Detroit. Uh, from your view, how long will the Bears give Trubisky to uh, prove himself? Will it be after this Sunday's game? Will it be after next week's home open against the Giants? Three games uh, the whole month of September. From your vantage point, how, 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 how short is the hook uh, for Trubisky? You know, I think that's up to Mitch ultimately. I mean, you know, he has a, a few favorable matchups to start the season. So, you know, hopefully as Bears fans, we'll see him get hot and really take to what's going on with his offense. You know, a lot of what Trubisky does is, is based on his confidence level, you know, which is true with a lot of the quarterbacks. I mean, if things are going good for you, if you're really getting a good rhythm, um, you, you, you can feed off of that. So if Trubisky can get hot um, if he, against the Lions, who he's, he's had a lot of success against in the past, um, and then you mentioned the Giants. And, and the first few games, you know, the Colts are in there as well. You know, if he plays pretty good, I think he may you – know, that lease may get a little longer. Um, but if he struggles, I don't think the coaching staff will hesitate to put in Nick Foles because, you know, once Foles is fully up to speed and, and really has a, a, a grasp of this entire offense, you know, he'll be ready to go. Let's talk about the running back position for a second. We know David Montgomery – is you know struggling with that groin injury do you think he'll be fully healthy and if not who's the running back that yeah, was weird when, when he first got hurt you know uh, of course with with uh, with twitter you know all the doctors on twitter you know say oh it's gonna be you know a, a few weeks at least um, but <laughs> but you know but 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 he said the other day that there was no tear um so it's just a, a twinge or a pull or a strain or something so i mean he was a full participant at practice yesterday we'll see how the how, the, how it goes today in practice but I mean, if he has no limitations, he'll be the guy going forward. And then, of course, he's going to be Tariq Cohen as his number two. Um, I really hope they use him more as a tailback this year. I thought last year he played too much receiver. Um, he's best when he's playing running back, uh, getting matched up against those linebackers. If you put him at receiver, that's too much work against corners and safeties. Um, I, I like Cohen where he is as a tailback. And then, of course, you have Ryan Nall. You know, he's kind of there mostly for a special team prowess, but – as we've seen, you know, he has some juice to his game. I mean, if he gets a good lane, you know, he's quick enough to hit the hole. Um, but then you have Cordell Patterson, who this offseason transitioned from, from receiver to, to running back. And, I mean, that's his best position. You know, all through his entire career in the NFL, yes, he's a receiver, you know, but, but when he hasn't had a chance to play running back, 
that's when he's thrived. So I think that's I think the Bears are pretty good at, at running back unless there's an injury. Um, but right now, I, I like the group they have. Lester Wilfone Jr. from Windy City, the Great Iron, who covers the Chicago Bears for that great site, joins us here on Sega City Sports Zoom style, along with Lakeena McGee. I am Sidney Brown. Let's focus on back on that Bears offense, Lester. I want to focus in on wide receiver Allen Robinson. Two years ago, uh, he was recovering from that torn ACL he suffered when he was with the Jacksonville Jaguars. He actually showed himself uh, towards the end of that season, including that playoff loss against the Eagles. Last year, he put up pro tight numbers. What do you expect out of Mr. Robinson in year number three in that Bears uniform with a contract uh, um, looming, uh, hopefully for him, uh, after the end of the season? Yeah, you see a lot of guys when they come into the contract year, that's when they really uh, thrive. You know, whether it's, you know, uh, uh, subconsciously they really want to do better because of the, the deal um, or whatever it is. But I think with Robinson, he's a guy that definitely, you know, he deserves a, a, another big contract in the league. You know, I, I really hope it's in Chicago. I think he's just, you know, a, a big what he does on the field and off the field, you know, he is just a perfect Chicago Bear. I mean, he's just, you know, so good in, in, in what he does. So somehow, some way, I hope they really get something worked out with him. I know the, the Bears have mentioned that they're not going to let next year's, you know, uh, questions about the cap, you know, have an impact on the negotiations. But, you know, I think as fans, we all expect something to get done this offseason. Maybe Allen Robinson just wants to wait and see how the quarterback situation plays out in Chicago. Um, if that has something to do with it, you know, he, he may drag this out, you know, for a while, but, you know, the options there to franchise tag him, you know, if he goes the whole year, because you know, he, he has proven to be a legit uh, number one receiver in the league, and, and he's a, a, a big part of this offense. Now let's hope he does. I hope he performs well and gets his cash because he totally deserves it. Um, let's yeah. go on the other side and talk defense for a second, Lester. Um, you got Robert Quinn and Khalil Mack, you know, going through various injuries. They were living, you know, I think Mack was limited. Quinn hasn't practiced the last couple of days. Do you think those injuries will linger? You know, I hope not. I mean, we didn't hear anything about Max having an injury during all of camp. So, you know, uh, you know, I, I'm not really sure what's going on there. Then with Quinn, you know, he kind of uh, had some personal issues in early in camp. Uh, so when he, when, he, when, he, when he did report, it kind of brought him along slowly. Uh, but then he had a really great, you know, day at that scrimmage they had at Soldier Field a few weeks ago. So, you know, they're saying this injury has nothing to do with what happened before. Um, it had nothing to do with anything. So, you know, and of course, with the Bears, they're very secretive about that. So, you know, we may never know the, the full story behind that. You know, we'll see when, 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 uh, when the IR report comes out today. I mean, if he's on the injury list again um, as, as, a do, as a do not practice, then I guess he probably skips the game. Um, if he's able to go a little bit today, I think they'll kind of get him in there as a, a, a situational pass rusher because, you know, Quinn and Mack on opposite sides of that, of that defense is just going to be a, a terror for offenses. And staying with the Bears defense, Lester, third-year linebacker, your Roquan Smith out of Georgia, he had a stellar rookie year two years ago uh, without in, any training camp because of the, his uh, contract uh, dispute. Last year in limited, actually only had two sacks. What do you expect out of Roquan in year number three? Yeah, I mean, he, he should, you know, be real uh, – he should be ready to blossom this year. I mean, he, he – you know, he's been a quality player for the Bears since he was drafted. Um, he had, he had that, uh, a bit of a personal issue last year where he kind of had, had to miss a game. Um, and then he kind of went slow coming back from that. But, you know, he has all the talent in the world. You know, he is a sideline to sideline guy. You know, he, he's really good at the point of attack. You know, he's a little bit smaller, but, but he has the power and he's shown the, the ability to kind of do that as well in, in the league. So, you know, th this entire front seven for the Bears, you know, should be one of the, the, the top groups in the league. And a lot of that is with, with uh, uh, Roquan Smith.
what about Akeem Hicks? We know, you know, he was on IR last year, didn't play half the season. Can he stay, do you think he can stay healthy and can the Bears be that top 10, top five defense? We know they can be. Yeah, I mean, they were a, uh, a top 10 DVOA unit uh, last year with, that, with Hicks missing most of the year. If, if Hicks does stay healthy, and I mean, you know, at his age, you know, that, that is an if. Um, but if he stays healthy, you know, this defense, you know, they should improve on what they did a year ago. He is just so good at the point of attack. He, he's so powerful in the inside. You know, he can collapse that pocket and make it tough for quarterbacks to, to, to step up. And, and if he's doing that, along with those guys off the edge, you know, the, this, this, this pass rush on this defense, you could be one of the best in the league. Eddie Goldman is one of the best uh, no, uh, run stoppers in the NFL, if not the best. Of course, this year he's opted out because of the pandemic, COVID-19. Who do you expect to fill in uh, in his spot and perhaps make the Bears defense a top flight defense, especially against the run? Yeah, I mean, they, they, they have uh, Bilal Nichols slotted in there to start at the nose. Um, I mean, we'll see if they line up that way, you know, when, when the game starts on, on Sunday. But, you know, and, and when they are in their base defense, you know, which is only about 30% of the time yeah, because, you know, teams are, are so pass happy these days, you know, they could also, also put John Jenkins in there, who's more of a traditional uh, run plug and nose tackle. He's a bit bigger, a bit, a bit stouter uh, than Nichols. Um, but I have high hopes for Nichols, too. I mean, his rookie year a couple of years ago was – was was really good. He showed a lot of promise, you know, as a pass rusher. He was really good against the run. Um, he kind of showed to be the, the total package on the D-line. And then last year he hurt his hand. He played injured most of the year. So, you know, he, he was posting a bunch of a bunch of videos on, on YouTube. He really put the, the time in. He got his body right. He's healthy. He's ready to go. And, and the Bears are confident that he can man that spot. What's with the kicking situation, Lester? I mean, Tenero is hurt. They got you know the guy they signed. He's going to start. I mean, what? T- tell everybody what the what the kicking situation is. Yeah, so with 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 Eddie Panero, he's he, I guess he hasn't kicked all during training camp. I mean, that injury he had, the groin injury, it kind of lingered uh, at some point. It must have flared up during during training, um, but they didn't. You know, it wasn't bad enough to put him on IR before the season. Uh, they waited for him to make the team. They put him on IR, and with the IR this year, uh, they're allowing players to come off after through three weeks. Uh, so they have Cairo Santos on the practice squad. You know, at some point, you know, they're going to activate him to the main roster. And then uh, they'll have a decision to make in three weeks. If they keep Santos up, uh, they may keep uh, 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 Pinero on the IR a little longer. Um, but, but, I mean, right now with Santos, the last time he kicked in the NFL, he wasn't very good. Um, but, again, he's a guy that had injuries as well. So, uh, for whatever reason, the Bears have not been able to figure out the kicker spot. I hope they had it fixed last year with Pinero. Um, usually with young kickers, it takes them a year to really get, get, get a groove in the NFL. And we're not going to see Pinero have a chance early here. So right now, I mean, this is a big question mark around this team. Lester Wilfong from Windy City Grand Iron is joining us right here on Sega City Sports Zoom style, along with Lakina McGee. I am Cindy Brown. Lester, let's focus in on the newcomers, i.e. the rookies for this year's Bears squad. I want to focus on second-round pick cornerback Jalen Johnson. He's going to start opposite Cal Fuller. What do you expect from him this season? You know, he's going to struggle. I mean, most rookie corners do, but but if you watch his tape at Utah, I mean, he, he is exactly what this defense needs. He, he has pretty good size. He has good length. Uh, he has good speed. He, he's a physical player. You know, he's going to play a little bit kind of how, how Prince Mukamar did. You know, he wants to get up and press when he can. 
Um, so I think having so much talent on that front seven, if they are able to get after the quarterback as much as we all hope they, they, they will, you know, Johnson's struggles may be limited a little bit. So I, I think with Johnson, though, like I said, he, he, he's a perfect fit for this defense. And while I am a little surprised he, he, he's a starter for week one, you know, it's not a, a total shocker because he has the talent to do it. How much do you think Cole Komet will contribute, speaking of the, rook, of the rookies? You know, the way the depth chart came out, he was listed as the, the second string uh, right now. But, you know, once game day hits, we'll kind of see if that means he's he's the second guy behind Jimmy Graham at the U. Or that maybe he's starting at the Y, which is the, 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 the inline blocking spot. So the Bears are happy with him. I mean, he had a great offseason. I know it wasn't what, the, what they normally do with the OTAs and camps, you know, but the, the classroom stuff they did on Zoom, the coaches raved about him all offseason. They say when he got to camp, he was able to take what he learned, you know, in the classroom and, and, and put it to the field. So they're high on him. You know, he, he's a physical specimen. He has good speed. He has good size. You know, like most rookies at that spot, he will struggle to block from time to time. You know, but, but at, at Notre Dame, he showed a willingness to get after it. So he'll get there. I mean, he has a really good coaching staff, you know, with, with him. Um, as far as what's going on with uh, with uh, his 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 his, uh, his tight end coach, he's coached you know four Pro Bowlers you know throughout his, his career, so he knows what he has to do to get these tight ends up to speed. So I, I'm expecting a a pretty good year from Cole Komet this year. Back to the defense, Lester. Eddie Jackson is one of the best young safeties in football. I think for the third time in his career, he's going to have a new safety partner. His name is Tayshawn Gibson, who they picked up a free agency from Houston who only had three interceptions last year. Do you think those two can work together this year and, and perhaps uh, be one of the best safety tandems in the league? Yeah, I think, I think Gibson's skill set, you know, it's still not, you know, the, the traditional old school strong safety thumper kind of guy, you know, but, but he will be able to come down on the box a bit more than we saw last year with Ha Ha Clinton Dix. You know, Clinton Dix is more of a true free safety like Eddie Jackson is. Uh, so with Gibson, you know, they may move him around a little bit more. Uh, we may see him more up closer. We may see Jackson a bit back in that free safety role that he thrived in. You know, I think however, however they do it, I think we still may see some Deion Bush as well because, you know, Bears are really high on him. But, but I think the Bears are pretty good at safety. With Jackson, you know, he wasn't targeted as much last year as the, as the year prior, which is kind of one reason why his, his, his stats went down a bit. But, but make no mistake about it, Eddie Jackson is one of the best safeties in the game today, and he's going to make a difference in some games this year. How, how much do you think Jimmy Graham can contribute, or will he contribute, <laughs> considering his advanced age and other factors? Yeah, I mean, the Bears are real high on him. I mean, he had a great camp. I mean, he was one of the stars of all those packages they put out with the video. Um, you know, he wasn't a great fit in last year's Packers offense. The, the, the Packers offense last year with, with, with the Fleur, you know, they don't really feature a tight end as much as uh, some other West Coast-style offenses. Um, so his numbers slipped a bit. But he still, he was productive, you know, for what they asked him to do. You know, he's not as fast as he once was. You know, but he still has that size. He knows how to get open. He knows how to run routes. He can sit down and against zones. He can box up defenders against man. You know, he's going to be a threat in the red zone. You know, we're not going to see Pro Bowl Jimmy Graham you know, this season, but we're going to see a very, a very effective Jimmy Graham. And if he can give you like 50 catches with kind of what Trey Burton did a couple of years ago, that'll help open up this offense. Wide receiver Anthony Miller now entering year number three out of the University of Memphis. He had a good rookie year two years ago with seven touchdowns, even though he was dealing with a nagging shoulder. He dealt with the same injury last year, but only had two touchdowns, but he started to come on late uh, towards, the end, to, towards the end of last season. 
uh, do you uh, are you do you think that he's going to finally take that next step, providing that he stays healthy? Do you think he's going to provide uh, the, uh, help for Allen Robinson as being the number two wide receiver now on the depth chart? Yeah, when you look at a lot of uh, the, the, the fantasy football analysts out there, a lot of them are picking Anthony Miller as a breakout star as far as fantasy production goes in, in this Bears offense. And, and I think he has that kind of talent. I mean, he struggled to be on the same page with Trubisky last year early in the season. They kind of got things figured out a little bit as the year went on. And I think Miller, again, you mentioned the health is, is definitely something you have to think about. But, you know, he's healthy in the camp. He had a nice camp. The coaches, again, they raved about him, which is, you know, pretty much what coaches do at that, at, at that point of the year. But, you know, with Miller, though, I mean, the skill set's there. I mean, he can play out of the slot. He can play out wide. You know, he gives you a lot of options as far as where you can line him up. And I think with him sliding in with as, as the number two, I think that's a perfect place for him. And, you know, we'll see how he does. But, I mean, I'm expecting, again, this, this receiving core on paper, you know, a lot of people aren't expecting much out of it. But I think with, with Robinson, I think with Miller, I think Ginn's going to give you something. I think there's some good pieces here. And if the quarterback is has able to take that next step, you know, a lot of these guys should really thrive. Let's talk about the NFC North as a whole. You look at Minnesota – you, you look at them top to bottom. They probably have the best team there, you know, followed by the Bears and the Packers, maybe you know, competing for that second spot. And then we'll see where the Lions are. So people were once again saying the Lions could break out. How do you see the NFC North? I mean, I think it should be a really competitive division. Um, I'm not sure how many playoff teams you're going to pull out of, out of the North this year. But, but from a competitive standpoint, you know, I mean, the Bears play the Lions and the Vikings really well. Um, the Packers were 13 and three last year, but you know, a lot of that was smoke and mirrors. You know, are they as good as that? I mean, we'll see this year, but you know, I wasn't really happy with, with some of their draft picks. Um, you know, their, 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 their defense is much better than it was, you know, a couple of years ago, they, they had a really good year last year. We'll see if that continues, you know, but it all for them comes out Aaron Rodgers. Um, he's still one of the best quarterbacks in the game. You know, if he's playing well, they're going to always have a chance to win. So for me, I mean, until he's gone, I'm going to always pick the Packers to win that division just because, you know, he's just so damn good. But, I mean, you know, I think the Bears will be in the mix, um, but we'll see what happens when the year goes on. Looking at the whole landscape of the NFL, Lester, we, all, we always know that every year, at least between three to four teams uh, in each conference, uh, will participate in the playoffs is always turnover. Uh, if there's a, about maybe two to three teams that could surprise some people this year in 2020, uh, what would those teams be in your mind and why? Um, you know, I mean, the Bears, I think, are one of those guys. I think the Bears have a good chance, again, with better quarterback play. You know, they have a chance to be one of those teams that kind of slips into the playoffs. I mean, there's an extra wild card team added this year that helps out a lot of these teams that, 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 that missed it last year. Um, but then besides the Bears, I think, you know, also you look at the Broncos. I think the Broncos offense really has some, some good weapons there now. And then on defense, you know, they're always, you know, pretty good. It's going to hurt losing Von Miller, but, you know, with, with, with Coach Dick Fangio over there, he should be able to figure out a way to get things, you know, right for them. Um, and, and then, you know, you kind of look around the league, you kind of see what's going on. I mean, there's, there's a lot of parity going on right now. I mean, there's maybe only four or five teams you look at and say, yeah, these guys are, have no chance at all at the playoffs. But everyone else should be in the mix. Of course, the Buccaneers, they missed it last year, and they made a bunch of improvements this, this offseason. I think they're going to be in the playoffs. They missed it a year ago. Um, so, you know, we'll see what happens, but I think um, right now it's, this should be a, a fun season as long as the whole season plays out. Now, now Lester, brace yourself because I'm about to ask this, but uh, we saw the Chiefs last night. They looked really good. Do you 
think they can repeat or are you taking the field? Um, I think my official picks I made for our side, I think I went with the Ravens to win it all this year. I, I think the Ravens, you know, they have a good chance as anyone. I think the Chiefs, again, they're, they're, they're going to be one of the top teams. Um, but I think the Ravens, uh, from, from top to bottom, offense, defense, you know, they have everything going on we need to do to, to really be a, 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 t- a title contender. And they just missed it last year, so they may have the hunger this year to push through. Lester Wilfon Jr. from Winter City Gray Honor is joining us here on Second City Sports Zoom style, along with Lakin McGee. I am Sydney Brown. Lester, let's go back to the Bears as they get set to take on the Detroit Lions this Sunday from Ford Field. Uh, what are your keys for Bears victory uh, to kick off, a, which hopefully be a, a victory uh, in week one? You know, I think for the Bears, it's going to be the same key most weeks. It's going to be about that pass rush. Um, you know, the Bears are going to face a, a, a Lions offensive line with, with a hobbled right tackle. Uh, he missed uh, practice uh, uh, yesterday. We'll see if he's fully to go, ready to go on Sunday. And, and a rookie right guard as well. So, you know, the Bears are going to throw a lot of stuff, a lot of stunts, a lot of twists, uh, some, maybe some blitzes at that right side of the Lions line. And if they can get the pressure on staff, I think the Bears are going to win this game. Do you think the win total will be different depending on the quarterback? Should Foles get this go-ahead maybe at week three or four? Um, I mean, it, it may jump. I mean, right now I think that I saw the over-under for the Bears at eight and a half. You know, like I said, I, I think they're going to be in a playoff mix. I think, you know, nine wins, you know, maybe ten if things really break well for them. So if I was a betting man, I'd take the over on the eight and a half. Um, you know, I, I would feel more comfortable had Foles – outright won the job and I just think he's based on again based on last year what I saw with Trubisky I'm not really confident in him taking the next step mentally as far as able to what he has to do on the field you know but 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 if he has if if, you, if what the coach has said is true if he has taken that next step if, if, his, if his presence in the pocket is better if his, if his technique and, 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 and footwork is better and if he is able to make those right reads on the RPOs you know again you know this team like I said should be in the playoffs one last question for me, Lester, uh, going back to the defense. Of course, Akeem Hicks was injured most of last year, but when he was healthy two years ago, he helped uh, with the uh, runs, run defense along with sacking the quarterback. Of course, who benefited from that was Khalil Mack. Of course, Mack had his injuries last year. What do you expect out of Mr. Mack in year number three in the Bears uniform? Do you expect him to be one of the best defensive players in the league, or do you – uh, expects somewhere in between two years going last year. Yeah, I think with a with a healthy Hicks, uh, with with a much better pass rusher on the other side in, in, in Quinn, I think Khalil Mack's gonna have his best year as a Chicago Bear, and I think he'll be in in, in the talk for for a, a, a defensive player of the year. I mean, he had a great offseason as far as working out. You know, all the coaches, when they talk about him, they made it seem like he was really pissed off heading into the season based on what happened a year ago. And I'm sure he is. I mean, his his numbers were down a bit. I mean, the, the, the pressures were there, but the sacks were down. You know, the Bears went 8-8, eight and eight, and I'm sure that really ticked them off as well. So he's going to do everything in his power to get, to get back to where he once was and being talked as the best defense player in the game. All right, last one for me, Lester. I'm going to – I won't hold a weapon to your head, but I will – ask you what is, your, what is your final win total for the bears and do they make the playoffs and who is your super bowl yeah yeah i mean like i said playoffs are a definite possibility uh, i would have been a little more confident if it was Foles was in there but you know I, i'm excited to see what happened with trubisky i think the best thing for the franchise 
is Trubisky to prove he's the man, to prove that he's worthy of, of, of the draft pick, to prove that, that he, he took all the, the right steps as far as his mental preparation in the game. And, and, and if he has done that, I think, you know, 10 wins is, is my top for, for this team right now. Um, and, and like I said, uh, I think the Ravens, I think the Ravens are, are the total package right now in the NFL. They have everything, offense, defense, you know, they, they have a great quarterback, um, an, an awesome head coach. I think the Ravens are going to take the whole thing. All right, that was Lester Wilfong from Windy City Gridiron. He covers the Bears for that great website. That's windycitygridiron.com. Lester, thank you, as always, for joining us and dropping those uh, um, nuggets on us regarding the Chicago Bears. Enjoy Sunday season opening. Enjoy the season. And let's do this again uh, uh, down the road. Hopefully we'll be talking about a winning season from the Monsters of the Midway. <laughs> All right, sounds good. Have a good one, guys. All right, stay safe, you, Lester. You too. All right. And that was Lester Wilfong Jr. from Windy City Gridiron. Check out his work right there at windycitygridiron.com. Lakina, uh, focusing on this Sunday's game against the Detroit Lions. Uh, we had him back on in January. I did remember I did ask him about the backup running back situation. He did bring up Tariq Cohen and uh, Cordell Patterson. Of course, Cordell Patterson. I don't want to see him carrying the ball five, six, seven times like when he was with the New England Patriots a couple right. years ago. Uh, that's my number one concern heading into Sunday's game. Uh, can you run the ball with some consistency? Because let's be honest here, Tariq Cohen, he cannot run in between the tackles, especially for his role in this offense. He's there, Tyreek Hill. Yes, he's short, 5'6", five, 5'7", five, but he's not going to grow overnight. And you, you just have to use him uh, uh, the way he is. Uh, so uh, that's the number one concern for me. I think the other uh, factors, like, Lester brought up pressure in the quarterback because if you pressure Stafford, you can create about two or three interceptions there. That's very possible. And also, you can neutralize their running game because Kerryon Johnson, uh, he's a young, talented running back from, from Detroit, but he had his family issues. I know they brought in Adrian Peterson to back him up. We're going to see some action from Adrian Peterson. How many, how many carries? I don't know, but it just seems to me the running game would be not my number one concern from the Bears um, heading towards Sunday's game against Detroit. And actually, AP does have his best perform one of his best performances against the Bears defense. <laughs> for some reason, he always you know gets you know geared up for <laughs> for playing playing mm -hmm. the Bears defense, so he likes to challenge. But I think for me, it will be the quarter it'll be the quarterback play. I want to see how Mitch does against that Lions defense. I mean. Are they kind of like, you know, like, are they like Baltimore or they're the Bears themselves? No, but they've got a couple of decent guys. You know, they, they got, you know, Trey Flowers is still around. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Deron Harmon, you know, Desmond Trufron, he's still around too. So it, it, I want to see how this is early on. Plus, I think not having the crowd, there's not going to be anybody at Ford Field. So not having the crowd there. <laughs> Uh, like half of those folks are Bears fans, just about maybe give or take, maybe a third. Mm -hmm. So not having the crowd there, that's going to play a factor as well. Now they will. Now the the thing is, is that Fox will have virtual fans all through the year, and they're actually going to be the only game. The Bears Lions game is going to be the only game where there will be virtual fans. So, <laughs> it has to be us, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I know, right? I mean, it, it's gonna it's gonna be a little bit weird, but uh, it's gonna how that looks and feels. And again, we'll we'll talk more about the crowd and issues like that in a little bit. But I, I think that you know a a a quick start. I think especially against the Lions, mm -hmm. but there are a lot of people that are buying stock in the Lions this year, so I'm not gonna. 
you know, say, oh, this will be, you know, the Bears will win like, like two or three touchdowns. But I, I just think that this is also a divisional game. And plus, you know, that the circumstances are different. You know, the, the aesthetics is going to be different, like I said, with virtual fans. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of wondering to see how both teams fare in, in this sort of environment. Now, going back to Mitchell Trubisky, like it or not, Bears fans, he's your starting quarterback from now. And I really do like this matchup against the Lions because uh, he has done well against the Lions throughout his short career here in Chicago. And let's look at that game last year in Detroit on Thanksgiving. Um, Matt Patricia, the head coach of the Lions, played man against that, uh, that Bears offense, and Trubisky killed them every time. Of course, he missed the game at Detroit two years ago on Thanksgiving because he was hurt with that shoulder. But he's always put, put up big numbers against the Lions. Remember that game two years ago at Soldier Field? Uh, despite Cody Parkey having his kicking issues, Trubisky had a great game there. So uh, Trubisky, if he gets that man coverage uh, against the Alliance defense, look for him to take advantage of that. Even with the with the lack of running game leads going into this game on Sunday, I expect him to take advantage of it. Number two, he's healthy with that shoulder because last year, I know people don't want to hear this, but he was injured with that shoulder last year, and that Bears coaches that try to turn him into a uh, stand-in-the-pocket passing quarterback, which is not his game. You get to roll him out out of the pocket and have him give him the opportunity to make plays down the field. And I expect the Bears coaches staff to implement Trubisky's skills uh, into that game plan on Sunday. If he just stands there in the pocket waiting for something to happen, it's going to be trouble for our Chicago Bears. Trubisky has to get back to what he is being a mobile quarterback making the plays on the run, because if he, he can do that like he did two years ago, the Bears offense should be fine, th despite the lack of uh, running game. Well, and well, don't forget, Marvin Jones is still there, too, and I think he's playing for a contract. So I think he there's going to be a lot of expectations for him to do well this season for the Lions. So mm -hmm. we'll see if he has a big game. I mean, this I look, I think the Bears should win this game, but again, you never know. It's the first game of the season. Again, having, mm -hmm. not, not having actual fans. We'll see how everything's set up on the sidelines since there's no, no one's allowed on the sidelines other than players and personnel this year. So it's going to be interesting to see the setup there. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this. I mean, like I said, Cordero Patterson, I mean, I don't think he's played, like you say, he hasn't played much running back since he was in New England. So that's going to be it. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to, he's kind of going to be like the running back guy, especially if Montgomery isn't really a hundred percent. So I'm dying to see. And also, like I said, Adrian Peterson tends to do very well against the bears running wise. I know he just got there like two weeks ago, but I'm sure he's going to be gearing up and ready to go, but we'll see. I mean, this should be, an this should be actually be a pretty entertaining game despite what some people will say about the lions. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Lakini. This should be an entertaining game. But focusing back on the Lions' defense, of course, Darius Slay, who, who was their uh, number one uh, defensive back for the last few years, he left uh, via uh, free agency, I believe. So he's no longer there. So I believe that the Bears, if they can play this right, they can take advantage of a suspectable Lions secondary. And if they can, it's going to be a long day for the Lions' defense, especially, as I mentioned before, if they play – if uh, Matt Patricia, the head coach, decides to play man, if he does against Trubisky and Trubisky takes advantage of it, it's going to be going to be a good day for Chicago and a long day for the Lions. We'll see if Mac and Quinn are 100. percent I mm -hmm. know that 
I know they say that's not serious, you know, the knee injuries for Mac, but like you like you said, Sid, this is a new injury. We haven't heard, you know, anything about this injury. We saw it through the you know, sort of like the mini camp, if you will, sort of their version of mini camp. I mean, this is gonna be very interesting. Mm-hmm. I think something to look out for. And also plus he's almost thirty. So he's he's getting up there in age. So I, I think that's gonna be another thing that's gonna play <laughs> a factor is I mean, right? I mean, that, that's going to be something that's going to be playing a factor, too. I mean, we know Quinn has ha- had, his, had his issues with injuries. So, I don't know. But, you know, we'll see. I mean, we'll see if, the, you know, if Johnson and AP can kind of sort of, you know, expose that, especially if they can't play. Yeah, since we have a few minutes left, you're listening to Second City Sports Weekend Edition with myself, Mr. Sidney Brown. Woo-hoo. You should say Miss Lakina <laughs> McGee first, but that's okay. Along with Lakina McGee, I am Sidney Brown. We get you set for a week one between the Bears and the Detroit Lions. We'll give you our picks of who's going to win that game in our next segment. Also, coming up in our next segment, we're going to have Mr. Matt Verderam from fansighted.com. He's their NFL writer, and he hosts the Stacked on the Box podcast with WGN Radio's Mark Carmen. We're going to get his thoughts about the Bears and Lions and about uh, other week one action from the National Football League. Since we have these uh, couple minutes left, Lakina, I want to get your thoughts uh, about last night's game between Houston and Kansas City, especially what went on there before the game with 17,000 Chiefs fans booing when the PA announced uh, uh, asked for a moment of silence. Uh, for unity and equality. Yeah, I saw that live. I mean, look, I don't know the, the, the makeup of that particular crowd. I mean, there were some boos. It turns out that I think there were some cheers there and then there were boos. Mm-hmm. So I don't know like what sort of, you know, it just doesn't look good for Chiefs fans. I mean, that's a pretty, the history of the, 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 the name itself, I know people have issues with and, you know, now with the booing, you know, walking arms and unity it just isn't a good look and I know that in some stadiums they, they will not be allowing fans so that, that's probably a smart thing to do but I, I mean for me I mean it just isn't a good look like I said before for Chiefs fans I know what the NFL is trying to do but I think it's just in some instances where you kind of have to pick your battles and just I know that this was from what I've read this was sort of their this, this is sort of like both the Chiefs and the Texans decisions to do this mm-hmm that apparently both Deshaun Watson and Pat Mahomes sort of got together with some other, the other captains of both teams and sort of said, you know, let, let's do this and such. So it, it, it's, it's sort of, it didn't, it wasn't a good look. I mean, people were talking about it. I know that people want to make it like a political that, oh, well, this is why I'm, I'm turning off yeah. the NFL or turn off this. I mean, look, you probably were looking for a reason not to watch anyway. So I don't, you know, <laughs> sports and politics have been around for a long time. They've intertwined. You can go back to Jesse Owens back in the, back in the twenties and thirties during Hitler. Mm-hmm. So, and even, you know, before that Muhammad Ali, among others, I can name a lot more. So politics mm-hmm. and sports have been around a long time. So I don't know what to tell y'all if y'all think that, you know, this is a new thing. Uh, you couldn't say any better, Lakina. So I'll, I'll leave that there. I, I agreed with the Houston Texans for, uh, joining in unity with um, the Kansas City Chiefs after they came out of the locker room, after the uh, the tape performance from Alicia Keys of Lift Every Voice and Singing the National Anthem. But uh, focusing on uh, what took place on the field, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs looked good. Of course, Houston tried to make a late, uh, late comeback. They put 20 points up on the board. 
but uh, Kansas City ended up winning that game by 14, 34-20. Uh, the Chiefs' ground game did look good uh, without Damian Williams. He's injured right now, so they had that rookie running back from LSU. I know his name is blanking me for, for the moment, but uh, he looked good last night. Patrick Mahomes looked good. Their defense uh, looked okay, but when we have an offense like that, the defense, uh, the pressure is not going to be on you as much. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, that's who you're talking about from LSU. Yes, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I got to remember that. Yeah, he had like, he had like almost like almost like 1,500 yards for LSU last year. So made Joe Burrow's job a little bit easier. <laughs> didn't have, he didn't have to throw too much. But, uh, I mean, look, the, the Chiefs look really good. I mean, like you said, the defense, you know, they didn't – they really didn't you, – if you're, you have a, an offense like that with the Chiefs, like you said, the defense, you know, you really don't have to do too much. Just make sure, you know, make sure the other team doesn't score more points than, than them. So they did that. Um, that, 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 that Texans, I mean, four, they gave up four sacks. I mean, mm-hmm. Sean Watson was pressured a lot. I know that Sean Watson just signed that new deal, but for that big money, but I need him to stay upright. And they yeah. actually had the, they actually had the, <laughs> When when um when David Johnson scored that first touchdown for them, it was still the you know, they actually took the lead initially, and you know mm-hmm. I'm sure Bill O'Brien was probably felt vindicated for like two seconds about that trade <laughs> on DeAndre Hopkins, and, and so it just and then that that see how I told you yeah I'm not saying but then that's that's out of control quick so and because the yeah. Chiefs were able to do what they do best, so I I don't know I mean. I only have one team coming out of the AFC South anyway. I only had the Colts, like we did our we did our predictions earlier. So earlier this mm-hmm. week. So I'm not too worried about the Texans, but the Chiefs. I'm still going to take the field here, as far as the Chiefs in the field is concerned, because it's very hard to repeat. I know they look good now, but it was actually a pretty entertaining game. What What did you think, Sid? Uh, it was pretty entertaining for most spots because it the game turned out to be a blowout for the most part after Kansas City took the lead. In that second quarter, there, uh, watching the offense is like watching uh, uh, your kids or your neighbors playing Madden on Xbox or PlayStation. So, from that standpoint, the Chiefs do look good. But, like you said, like it's, it's a long way to go, and I think they the Chiefs can be stopped. But the only thing that could stop them right away is injuries. Of course, Patrick Mahomes was out of a few games last year, but uh, it didn't stop them from winning the Super Bowl. So, uh, maybe the same scenario plays not plays out this year uh, we hope not in terms of injuries if you're a Chiefs fan but uh, uh, like Lester mentioned maybe that team is the Ravens or maybe it's a team that we're not talking about right now that could uh, stop the Chiefs it's a long time between now and January January when the playoffs start and plus you know so far so good I mean you had you know Andy Reid wearing that big old visor mask helmet whatever that was, whatever that was that he was wearing um, <laughs> You know, everybody was masked up. Like I said, you know, the only people you're going to see on the sidelines are players and personnel. And probably I saw the NFL films, people there too. They were there on the field. I think they're the only ones that outside of the team and the personnel that they're going to be, mm-hmm. to be on the field. You saw Michelle DeFoy sort of like on like the, the hangar of the, you know, behind the Chiefs sidelines. So yes. that's probably how you're going to see it from a lot of the, you know, the sideline reporters. That's how, that's how it's going to be for the next, this, this season. So that's gonna be that's gonna feel and look a little bit different. So, did you see anything like weird or anything like sort of that caught your attention? 
just those things that, that you m- mentioned, Lakina, like it's, like we've been talking about for the last few weeks, NFL 2020 will look different on your television until there are uh, more teams are, are allowed to have fans inside the stadium. So I'm looking forward to see what's going to happen on Sunday, how, how uh, these games are presented uh, uh, to fans because no one's going to be allowed to attend games for the foreseeable future. I want to see how these networks are, are going to handle it. Like you mentioned, like, you know, the virtual fans, uh, Fox is going to do that. Only the only the Chicago Detroit game will feature the virtual fans. So I want to see how that is is that going to be presented. So uh, these networks, uh, they're going to have a lot of creativity, a lot of things to do uh, to present uh, the games to the, to the fans. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like like you said, especially once you know we start seeing the afternoon games in the CBS and Fox. Mm-hmm. We'll see how some of their silent reporters or where they're going to be because I know I don't know where Tracy Wilson's going to be. I mean, she's tiny, so like I don't know. <laughs> she is, you know, she's a she. I don't know if you'll be able to find her anywhere, but maybe maybe for her, maybe that's a good thing. But it's gonna be it's gonna look a little bit different. Yes, it will be. We have to take a pause for the cause, but when we come back, our second segment will kick off. We'll continue to count you down to kick off between the Bears and Lions and other week one action for the National Football League. Matt Verderam from fansided.com and Stack the Box Podcast will join us to help break down the Bears and Lions matchup plus other week one action. Listening to Second City Sports Zoom style. Zoom style. All right. All right. Welcome back to the weekend edition of Second City Sports Zoom Style. Zoom Style. Along with Lakina McGee, I am Sydney Brown. As we count you down to kick off towards week one of the National Football League and towards Bears and the Detroit Lions in week one of their 2020 season matchup. And to... Before we bring on our next guest, you can follow yours truly on Twitter and Instagram at SidKid80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can catch Second City Sports along with our other wonderful programming from We Are Regal Radio on Anchor, which kicks you over to SoundCloud, Spotify. We're everywhere. Wherever you download your podcasts, we're right there. Also, download the iHeartRadio app and search for War on Anchor. That's W-A-R-R. On Anchor, you'll find us there. You can follow me at Keena McGee on Twitter, at Keena underscore McGee on the Instagram. And you can also follow the show on, and all the other shows on We Are Regal Radio on YouTube. Sid, where can they find us? That's War Media. That's W-A-R-R Media. Like, share, subscribe to the page, and leave us uh, our stars. If you, you can leave stars and leave us your comments as well. And tell your friends. Yes. And our guest for, for this segment, as we preview Bears, Lions, and other week one action from the National Football League, is Matt Verderam. He's from fansided.com. He's their NFL writer. Also, he hosts a podcast with WGN Radio's Mark Carmen called Stack the Box. Matt, welcome to the program. How are you today? Hey, I'm great, guys. Thanks for having me. No problem. Where can people find you on social media? Uh, always on Twitter, unfortunately, uh, at Matt Verderam, <laughs> uh, V-E-R-D-E-R-A-M-E. Um, and that, that really is pretty much it. I, I finally deleted Facebook. And uh, so it, Twitter's it. All right. Before we break down the Bears and their matchup against the Detroit Lions, we're going to ask you about last night's matchup between the Kansas City Chiefs 
in the Houston, Texas. Um, on hand at first sight, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs looked like they could be unbeatable again, just like they were last year, uh, minus Patrick Mahomes' injury. Uh, after last night's performance, do you look at the Kansas City Chiefs as an unbeatable team, or do you think they'll be challenged somewhere down the road? I don't look at them as unbeatable, but I certainly think they're the favorite. Um, look, they, they come off a year where they didn't lose any starters or any players that, that played at least 60% of the snaps last year. That, that's the first time that's happened since the 01 Patriots for a Super Bowl team. So they had a lot of continuity. They looked like it last night, started off a little slow, 7 nothing. then they reeled off 31 straight points. Uh, look, they're going to be harder to defend because they're more balanced. Clyde Edwards-Alaire comes in as 138 yards on the ground. He had a touchdown. He looked terrific. Uh, they'll mix him in more as it goes on as well in the passing game. So, uh, look, I think, I think the scariest thing coming out of that game for opponents with the Chiefs was the running game and the fact that their defense before garbage time gave up seven points. So, yeah, either the favorite, the unbeatable, no. Uh, I don't think that, that exists in the NFL, but I, I think certainly you look at them and say, yeah, if you had to bet your life on a team, they're probably it. If I were to ask you right now, Matt, Super Bowl, do you take the Chiefs or the field? I'd take the field only because the odds just say to take the field, right? Like in the NFL, uh, injuries happen, guys get hurt. So I would take the field. Now, if you ask me if I had to take one team, like I said, I would take Kansas City. I would take the field against any team, um, simply just based off probabilities. But look, Kansas City is going to be a rough team to deal with. Last year, in the last five games of the regular season, they gave up the fewest points in the league. They were very good defensively in the playoffs. Then they come out. They were really good again last night. They didn't even have Prashad Breeland starting corner for them. Mike Pinnell starting D tackle was their best run defender. Uh, they're going to be they're going to be difficult to beat. And certainly with an offense. And frankly, last night they played fine by their standards. But Mahomes only had 211 passing yards. They scored 34 points. So they're they're going to be they're going to be difficult to contend with for sure. All right, let's focus in on the Chicago Bears. As they will start off their 2020 campaign at Detroit against the Lions at Ford Field on Sunday at noon. Matt, uh, it was announced last week that Mitchell Trubisky will be the starting quarterback. Uh, to much of the many Bears fans' chagrin, uh, some folks are okay with it. Many folks are not okay with it because of back backup Nick Foles on the roster. Do you expect Trubisky to be the starting quarterback when the season ends? No. I don't. And I was surprised he was a starter now. I thought when they declined his fifth-year option back, and I believe it was late May, I thought that would pretty much be the end of Trubisky starting in Chicago. I thought Nick Foles coming in, fourth-round pick they gave up for him. It's not, you know, it's not a first, but it's not a seventh. Um, and then they, they have a contract with Foles where he's guaranteed money for the next three years. I thought he would come in and he would start. So I look at it either as Foles did not play well in camp, and they felt like at this point, you know what, we might as well give Trubisky one more shot, or – at this juncture, Ryan Pace is trying to save face and is essentially saying, we just cannot yet admit that we made a mistake. If that's the case, I, I wholeheartedly disagree. Uh, but Trubisky's going to get one more chance. Uh, he's going to have to go out and prove that, that he has, has matured as a player over the offseason. I don't see a lot of reason to believe that's going to be the case. We'll find out. He's always played well against Detroit, so I guess that's mm -hmm. a positive. Um, but, no, I, I think at the end, I think Foles will start here sooner rather than later. How, do you, how big of a year do you think Allen Robinson's going to have and that, so that he can get that big payday that he deserves? I think Robinson's going to have a great year. Look, he's one of the most underrated players in the league right now. You know, he started out his career in Jacksonville. He played on a, on a team that largely was bad. The year they went to the AFC title game, he got hurt week one. He didn't play the rest of the year. 
who goes to Chicago, obviously they had one very good year. They, they went 12 and four, got into the playoffs, and he was the, the engine of that, that passing attack and still is. Uh, I expect him to have, you know, 1,000 yards, a bunch of catches. I mean, God knows he's going to get the lion's share of the targets. So I, I think he'll have a very nice year, uh, and he's going to get paid. Like, he's still a young guy. Like, if he gets on the market and he has a good year this year, he's absolutely going to be paid in the upper line of receivers, and he deserves it. Focusing on that Bears defense, Matt, uh, of course, Eddie Goldman there, uh, nose tackle, opted out this season because of COVID-19 concerns. Uh, what do you expect from this Bears uh, defense this season? Do you expect them to be back where they were uh, two years ago, or do you expect uh, where they were last year? Kind of hanging on, giving the teams a chance, but ultimately uh, coming up short. I think they'll be good again. I, mean, I, I think probably somewhere in between. You know, when they had Fangio that last year, they were a dominant force. I, I think they're, they're really good this year. As you mentioned, it's a loss losing Goldman. Now, they do have Hicks back. Hicks missed a lot of the last season, so that helps. He's a great player. I liked it. I liked the addition of Quinn in a vacuum. I, I think the contract was a little bit long, but I, in, in terms of just what he's going to give him this year, I like it. I think it'll help. Um, you know, they're going to be good at the linebacker spot. You know, obviously guys like Trevathan, um, Roquan Smith, they got athleticism for days there. So I, I think the front seven is going to be really, really good. My question with them is a corner, like, you know, Fuller can play. Then they got Jalen Johnson who's coming in there. He's a rookie second round pick out of Utah. A long kid, a kid with a lot of talent coming out of that Pac-12 uh, program there. What does he give them? I think they're going to be a, a good to very good defense. The, the concern I have is what happened last year, which is they're just asked to be perfect because the offense can't move the ball. If that happens again, look, they went 7-9 and nine with a non-existent offense. That was how yeah. good the D was. I think the defense yeah. is going to play up to standard. I just wonder if it's going to be enough. How do you think the Bears measure up against the entire NFC North? I like him more than Detroit. I know some people see Detroit as a sleeper. I get that. Like, I understand that Stafford, before he got hurt last year, was on a pace to throw for 5,000 yards. I don't buy Patricia. I don't buy that defense. They have no pass rush. Uh, you know, and they play good quarterbacks. They're going to get eaten alive. Teams, you know, they don't slay anymore. I know Akuda's in there as the third overall pick, but I think the Bears are better than Detroit. If they get anything out of the quarterback spot, I think they could be a playoff team. I just don't have a reason to think Trubisky's going to give them that. Foles might. Foles has had a weird career where he's had some very good years. He's had some bad years. But Foles is, is a competent quarterback at times. Um, I don't think they're as good as Green Bay or Minnesota. I don't think the gap is absurd. I think, if again, if, if they get good quarterback play, and I'm just talking like league average quarterback play, mm -hmm. I think the Bears – could be pretty good because I love the defense and I and I like Nagy. I think Nagy's a really good coach, but the concern is just can they get enough to close that gap? Because right now, Rodgers is still the best quarterback in that division, and then Cousins he's not great, but he's good. And that Vikings roster is really good around him, save maybe a little bit for the offensive line. So I think the Bears are, are a third place team right now. If the quarterbacks play better, I could see him moving up. Matt Vetteram, NFL writer from Fansided.com, is joining us right here on Sega City Sports Zoom style, along with Lakina McGee. I am Cindy Brown. Matt, let's focus in on the Bears-Lions matchup for, for Sunday. Of course, you mentioned Trubisky has had his uh, success against the Detroit Lions in the past. The one thing that concerns me is the Bears' running game because they're going into it without David Montgomery. He's going to miss uh, the first couple weeks of the season. What are your keys for a Bears' victory uh, at Detroit? What do they have to do to win? 
Yeah, so, look, I, I broke it down over at Fanside, and I, I wrote a little bit about each one of these games and, and just some, some different things to kind of keep an eye on. And, and when I wrote about the biggest mismatch for Detroit in their favor, I think it is the run defense. Look, Detroit was eighth in the league last year against the run in terms of yards per carry, 4.1 yards an attempt. The Bears only ran for 3.7 yards an attempt, which is the third worst figure in the league. So I think the Bears are going to have to throw to open up the pass in this game, which obviously I, I understand is going to worry some Bears fans considering their, their woes in the passing game. But the good news is the Lions do not have a very good pass rush, and they don't blitz. Last year, the Lions only blitzed 18% of the time, one of the lowest figures in the league. Trubisky should have time to throw the ball in this game. And so if he does, then it becomes a matter of like him, him identifying the coverage, who's going to be open, what his, what his first read is, um, and getting through that progression quickly. Look, the, another thing, too, get the ball out in space to Tariq Cohen. Get the ball in space to Allen Robinson. The Lions missed 127 tackles last year. That was the fifth worst figure in the NFL. So use the speed. Make them make tackles in, in, in the open space, especially considering there's no preseason. It's going to be sloppy. We saw the Chiefs and the Texans miss tackles all over the place on Thursday night. So I think for the Bears, get the ball out in space to your fastest players. And then defensively, I think it comes down to getting a pass rush on Stafford. If they can do that, they'll be fine. Uh, if, if they can't, He's going to have a good day. He could throw the ball. So I think it's about getting a pass rush defensively and then, and then getting out in space offensively, using your speed to your advantage, make the lines, make that one-on-one -on -one tackle. Who are your, like, sleepers or any kind of surprises that can pull us off, especially the way this season is sort of set up? It's unprecedented with everything we've gone through. You know, I think for one team maybe in each conference, I like Arizona. I think Arizona is really interesting. Look, the Cardinals, they add DeAndre Hopkins. We saw how much he was missed last night in Houston. Great player. Three-time All-Pro. He's 27 years old. Combined with Larry Fitzgerald, Christian Kirk, who's a, who's a good young up-and-coming player. They had Kenyon Drake, who they added. They kind of changed their red zone offense last year. I like the Cardinals a lot. I do think the defense needs work. They're going to give up a lot of points, but I like them. I think they're going to be a real interesting team, even though that division's tough. Um, and in the AFC, I love Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh's going to win the AFC North. I think they're the best team in that division. And that's, that's not a slight on Baltimore. I still think it's a very good team. But Pittsburgh, they went 8-8 eight eight last year with Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph. If Ben Roethlisberger is healthy, they're going to score points. That defense is really good. Mike Tomlin is an excellent coach. So I look at Pittsburgh, and I, I think Pittsburgh's the biggest challenger in the AFC to Kansas City. Sticking with the AFC, Matt, of course, New England Patriots have a new quarterback in uh, Cam Newton. Of course, Bill Belichick doesn't have to go with Jerry Stidham or uh, whoever else was on the roster. Uh, assuming that Cam stays healthy, do you think that the Patriots, even though they're not the team as they were, they have, they have been the past uh, two decades, do you expect them to be at least competitive to, to compete for one of those three wildcard spots or perhaps steal the AFC East again? Yeah, I, I do. Look, look, the, you know, the Patriots are not going to die easily. Um, you know, Newton comes in there. You know, Cam, the biggest question, of course, is just the health. You know, he's had the feet, uh, it would, the foot injury last year, needed surgeries, had two shoulder surgeries. But Cam can play. I mean, there's no doubt if he's healthy. He's a really good player. Is he top 10 at this point? I don't, maybe, you know, is it because, you know, for me, the cutoff at, at 10 is probably about like a Wentz or, or a Dak. Is he one of those guys? Potentially, if he's healthy. My concern for Cam, really, beyond the health, is just who are their weapons. They have Edelman, and they don't have a lot on the outside. So that, that's the concern there as far as I'm, I'm looking at the team. But 
Yeah, look, the AFC East is not good. The Dolphins are still building. I like what they're doing. Flores has done a great job there. The Jets are a tire fire. I, I think, you know, the Pats could still compete for that division. Buffalo should win that division. I think they're the best team at this juncture. Although Josh Allen scares me. If he doesn't play well, that opens up the door for New England. But, yeah, if Cam's healthy, I think the Pats are right there for a playoff spot because you know Belichick's going to outcoach just about everybody. And defensively, they'll be solid. They'll be good. So, I see the Pats, if Newton's healthy, 8-8, eight 9-7, and, eight, nine and seven, uh, just because of the lack of weapons. If he's mm-hmm. not healthy, then, then I think they, they struggle. Then I think they're maybe a 5-6-1 to six one team because they, just, they don't have enough horses no matter how well coached they are. How about that NFC West? Speaking of, you just said something about the – speaking of the Cardinals, where do you see that NFC West? Do you think the Seahawks, you know, now they got Jamal Adams, do they – in a win a division, do the 49ers suffer some type of Super Bowl runner-up hangover? Can the Rams make it interesting? Where do you see the NFC West? Uh, it, I think it's the best division of football. The, the Seahawks were literally a yard from winning the division last year. And I'd mm-hmm. argue that just about everything went right for the Niners last year in terms of, like, they got off to a great start. And, and, and that's not to take credit away from them, but it's just they got off to a great start. The, the offense was clicking. Garoppolo played pretty well. Um I think Seattle with getting Adams to me is the tipping point. I think they're a little bit better than San Francisco. I, I don't think the Niners are a fluke. I think they're good. and They're a playoff team. But I like Seattle in that division. I, I think Arizona is going to compete for a playoff spot. Uh, I think they'll be right in there. I'm fascinated to see the Niners-Cardinals week one. I think the Cardinals have a real shot to pull an upset in that game. And then the Rams. The Rams are weird. Like, everybody's talking <laughs> about them like they're, like they're done. <laughs> they were awful last year by their standards and won nine games. Right. So – the Rams are not a bad team. Now, they may not be the, the juggernaut they were when they went to the Super Bowl, but the, the Rams, like if they won 10 games, I wouldn't be surprised. So I really think that's the most competitive division there is. To me, it comes down to who stays healthy, who catches a break here or there. Maybe they play a team that's banged up. Um, but I guess I would, I would say Seattle to me is the favorite slightly. And then I think those other three teams, it wouldn't surprise me if any of them finished second. It really wouldn't. Hang down the home stretch here with Matt Vetteram. He's the NFL writer from fansided.com. Joining us here on Second City Sports as we get you ready for kickoff of week one of the National Football League 2020. Matt, the the Dallas Cowboys hired a new head coach, Mike McCarthy, from the Packers in the offseason. Of course, Dak doesn't have a new contract yet, even though he's under the franchise tag at over $31 million for this season. Uh, What's your outlook for the Cowboys uh, for this upcoming season? Offense will be really good. At least it should be. Uh, look, they got weapons all over the place. Obviously, they added CeeDee Lamb in the first round. He joins Cooper and Michael Gallup. Uh, you got Zeke in the backfield. They're, they're going to score their points. My question with them is their defense. And lose Gerald McCoy to the quad injury here in training camp. Byron Jones gone. Um, they, you know, and they've had some injury issues. I mean, obviously, Jalen Smith, this guy went healthy. He's fantastic, but he's had some injury woes. Leighton Vandress, same thing. If they can stay healthy defensively, I think they're a playoff team. I think Philly and Dallas will battle it out in the NFC East. I tend to skew a little bit. I like Philly, but I, I wouldn't be shocked at all if Dallas won the division. Uh, the Cowboys are going to be good. They should be. The question with Dallas is, do they implode from within? Because McCarthy coming in, uh, first year obviously there, did he learn from his sins in Green Bay? And then you look at that team. I mean, Dax on this franchise tag, there's been drama around that. Jerry Jones, with, with everything going on, social justice-wise in the league, he has kind of waffled back and forth. We know what his stance was a few years ago. 
Uh, you know, is that divisive? That, that's my question. I, I think teams this year that are unified, it's going to really matter. And I, I don't know that Dallas Cowboys aren't. I just haven't seen that they necessarily are either. So I'm, I think they're good. I think they're a playoff team. Um, and, and we'll see how they go. But it, it's going to be them and Philly in the NFC East. Last one for me. I know you have Baltimore winning. Who do you have coming out of the NFC? In the NFC, uh, I, I have New Orleans. I think New Orleans is the best team. I, I, I think, though, in the NFC, you could make a case for a lot of teams. I think there's a half dozen teams in the NFC that are not separated by much. I thought the Saints were the best team in the NFC a couple of years ago. They got hosed in the NFC title game, that call against the Rams. Last year, I thought they were you know, they were 13-3. They were excellent. Uh, they don't even get a bye and they end up losing in the first round. I think they'll meet Kansas City in the, in the Super Bowl. I think they're the two best teams. I think the Chiefs are the best team. I would pick them to win. Uh, but New Orleans, like, they also have the added incentive. This is probably it for Breeze. So uh, I think those two teams get there. I'm more confident in Kansas City getting there than New Orleans. Uh, I'll take the Chiefs to beat them in the Super Bowl come, come February. All right. So that's Vat Verderam from Fansided. Also a great podcast he does with – Mark, our good friend Mark Carman. Tell Carmen he, he owes us an interview, uh, Matt. Because... <laughs> I'll get on his case. It's, I'm happy to do it. All uh, right. No problem. Okay, so you got anything else for Matt before he gets out of here? Yes. Yeah, so one last question for me, Matt. Uh, you brought up Arizona and San Francisco, or in San Francisco as far as week one action. I'm looking forward to that game as well, while most of the nation will be watching Tampa Bay in New Orleans. Uh, what are the uh, intriguing matchups that you're looking forward to for this opening weekend from the National Football League? Yeah, I, I think yeah, in the early window, I'll be watching Green Bay, Minnesota. That's going to be a really good game. Obviously, I'm sure your listeners have a lot of interest in that game. I, I think it's going to be fascinating to see how Rodgers plays. They had a weird offseason. Yeah. Add Jordan Love. That ought to give them motivation. They didn't add weapons. I want to see how the Packers look. Everybody thinks they're going to regress. I think they'll regress a little bit, but I still think they're good. What do we get out of that game? And then I'm also going to be watching the Chargers and the Bengals, which is another late game. So I'm going to have uh, some, some, a few different screens going at the same time. Um, I am very fascinated to see how Burrow plays. That's a good defense with the Chargers, even without Derwin James. Um, but I'm, I'm curious to see it. And as you mentioned, uh, you know, I do have that stack. I have the, the podcast with Mark Harmon. Uh, if I can say we'll be breaking it all down Sunday night. Uh, for anyone who wants to listen, it's Stacking the Box. It is on iTunes uh, and Google Play. And, uh, I hope you'll, I hope your listeners, they already have enough good taste to listen to this podcast. Maybe they'll listen to one more. All right. That was Matt Vetteram of fansided.com. He's the NFL writer. Of course, as you just mentioned, stacked on the box podcast with WGN Radio's Mark Carmen. Uh, Matt, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us today. Keep up the great work. Enjoy opening weekend. And let's do this again sometime during the season. Absolutely. Thanks, Sydney. Thanks, Lakina. No problem. And, and tell Carmio he owes us an interview, Matt. So. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll get on his case. All right. Thank you. All right. <laughs> All right. That was Matt Veteran of fansided.com. He's their NFL guru over there. Check out his work. You can follow him on Twitter at Matt Veteran. Uh, Lakina, this is the time as we head uh, now to our NFL picks. This is the time that I miss being in the studio. I'm missing that NFL films music, but I'm going to be creative, uh, use my imagination and play some NFL films music in my head. In your head. Okay. Well, let me see if I can get something off YouTube here. So 
The good news is I actually I have our buddy Jason's picks and also our good friend Lamont Scott's picks as well. Oh, so, awesome. Yeah, so you know, we'll be able to do the picks that we did, you know, last year. And yeah, this is one of the things we miss about this is kinda like one of the few things we wish we were still in studio because Yeah. You know And the, adjust your volume too. Yeah, I will. Oh, no problem, because I know it can get a little loud, so get that in the free music that CBS. See, we create some magic here yeah. as we wait to give our picks for week one of the National Football League 2020 style. All right. All right, hold on. Let's get that. Got the advertisements, the advertisements going. <laughs> All right. Ready? Here we go. And turn up your volume to you, Lakina. Turn up my volume? Okay. Yeah, I can barely hear you. Okay. Okay. Right, can you hear me now? Uh, you're still a little fainted. A little fainted? Okay. Sorry about this thing. I love it. I could. All right. Now I can hear you. All right, perfect. <laughs> well, All what right. do you know? Oh, this darn volume. All right, Sid, so you start off. All right. Um. I don't have the schedule in front of me, so I'll have to depend on you to get the okay, schedule. Okay, okay. <laughs> all right, all right. So we'll start off at the NFC East. You got the right. Eagles against the Washington football team. Who do you have? I'm going with the Washington football team only because they are at home and head coach Ron Rivera, he's going in the new direction. There's going to be a new culture with that football team. Of course, shout out to our good friend, Julie. Julie Donaldson, she's yeah. she's a part of that uh, radio team uh, uh, over there. So I'm gonna give her uh, our support on Sunday, listening to their pregame shows and their postgame shows over there. So uh, good luck to her in that venture. As far as on the field, Philadelphia, I know Carson wins. The question is, can he stay healthy all all year? I don't know if he can stay healthy in, in this game. Uh, Washington's defense is much improved from last year. The offense still still needs a little bit of work in terms of the running game, but it's a division game, and the injuries concern me for the Philadelphia Eagles. I think this is a perfect uh, spot for an upset. This is one of my two upsets, so I'm going with the Washington football team at home against Philadelphia. Yeah, I don't know how Dwayne Haskins is going to, you know, play because he's got, he's got the keys now. And like you mm -hmm. said, Sid, that Eagles team, you know, they're a year older, and – I mean, I just don't know what I'm going to get from that Eagles team. I know I, I see some people having them winning the NFC East. I just don't see it happen. I think they can compete with Dallas, but I don't see it happening. This is sort of like, you know, we'll mm -hmm. see what we got type of thing for the Washington football team. So I'm going to pick the Eagles, and you're on your own, Sid, because both Jason and Lamont have the Eagles as well. Okay. All right. So next up let's see all right next up we got the we're gonna go to afc east we got the dolphins and the patriots um i'll start on this one uh the patriots i mean we'll see how cam newton looks with that offense i mean you got julian edelman they got the running game but you really don't have nobody else so um and plus especially with since they're they're like half their defense opted out so that's another thing that, that sort of people aren't really talking too much about. I know some people actually have the Patriots maybe perhaps being a slipper in the AFC East. I just don't see it happening. Miami, I mean, 
you know, they, they, they made inroads last year. They're playing inspired. I think I'm, this might be my first upset, upset. I'm picking the Dolphins. That wouldn't surprise me, Lakina. If you would ask me about four or five months, months ago, uh, before, of course, Cam Newton came to the Patriots, I would agree with you. But now since Cam is with the Patriots, I'm going with the Patriots in a close one once again. It's an AFC East division matchup. Uh, as Matt mentioned in our interview, I like their improvements for the Dolphins and head coach Brian Flores. It wouldn't shock me if that happened, but to be on the safe side, going with the experience and Bill Belichick on the other side for New England, even though it's a home game for the Patriots, I'm going with New England. And both Lamar and Jason both have the Patriots. All right, next up we go to the NFC North. We got the Packers and the Vikings. You start this one, Sid. <laughs> I am going with the Vikings. You know what I've been saying about Green Bay all our all season. They're like the San Francisco 49ers. They're going to come back down to earth. They still may be a good team, but their defense is not as scary as it was a, a year ago. They're not going to be playing smoke and mirrors. We all know Aaron Rodgers is a whole lot salty because they drafted Jordan Love uh, in the second round, uh, in the first round with their uh, as a quarterback. But with that being said, Minnesota revamped their defense a little bit, picking up uh, the start the uh, defensive end from Jacksonville via trade. Of course, Adam Thielen is back now in wide receiver. No, they don't have Stephon Diggs anymore, but their offense still should be good. It all starts with the running game in Dallas and Cook. For that alone, I'm going with the Vikings at home. I'm going to put the Vikings as, as well. Well, and um, from, I, I think from top to bottom, that is a really good Vikings team. And mm-hmm. look, I picked them to win the division, and I have good reason for that. I know Kirk Kirk Cousins made some inroads last year. Mm-hmm. Look, you still look, you still got Adam Thielen, you still got Kyle Rudolph. Um, I forgot the, the the young man that they they just drafted from. Um, I believe I believe it was LSU. I forgot his name, but uh, I'll, I'll I'll look it up in a little bit, but. Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, that's that's his name, Justin Jefferson. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that – plus their defense is still really good. I know they lost Emerson Griffith, but they got Yannick Nagouye from uh, Jacksonville. So I mm-hmm. think he definitely fills that void. So I'm picking the Vikings, and I wouldn't be surprised if they win the win it pretty handily, even though this is sort of one – they always play each other tight. Um Jason has the Vikings, and Lamont's got the upset. He's picking the Packers. I wish he was here so we could tell us why he thinks that, but that's what he wants. <laughs> so, all right, we'll see. Um, okay, we can skip this one, Sid, in AFC South. We got the Colts and the Jags. I ha- I w- I'm yeah. going to keep it short. I'm going to keep I'm picking the Colts. Yeah, I'm picking the Colts as well. You know me, Phillip Rivers. I like him as a quarterback. Jacksonville, they got rid of everyone. So, for that long, going with the Colts. They should win this game handily. Yeah, and so does yeah, so does Lamont, and so does Jason. So, yay, your first sweep, woohoo! Um, <laughs> <laughs> Raiders and Carolina. This is sort of the Raiders going cross country to play the noon game. Where do you see this one? I'm actually going to pick the Raiders for this one. Of course, Carolina. They're starting off a new era at quarterback with Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, they have the best running back on the field in Christian McCaffrey, but I'm getting the sense that the Raiders are one of those teams that could surprise some people. They have um, um, a whole lot of time to prepare for this one. Yes, they are a West Coast team going to the East Coast, but they have time to prepare. I think David Carr is going to show up. Josh Jacobs, he's a nice running back uh, for the Oakland Raiders, but 
Sorry, now the Las Vegas, Las Vegas Raiders. Raiders. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I we gotta get used to that. That's but they're deep, they have a young defense, which not a lot of people are talking about, including members of their secondary. And I think if they can get pressure on Teddy Bridgewater, it's going to be a, a long day for Carolina. But that alone, I'm going with Vegas on the road. Yeah, I look. I know that Teddy Bridgewater has showed the last couple of years that he's a really good QB. He was able to bounce back from that injury. Like I said, it's sort of starting over in Carolina. That's a whole new regime. You know, Matt Rule, you know, take it over as head coach, get a whole new offense. I know they got some Christian McCaffrey, but it's going to be a close one. But I think Vegas has a much ta- much more talented team, and I think they will win this game. And so does Jason and Lamont. So another sweep. Um, in the AFC East, you got Jets and Bills. Um, I'm going to keep it short and sweet. You guys to, they got Stefan Diggs now. If Josh Allen can – he made his mistakes last year, especially that playoff game against the Texans. But I think he makes a breakthrough this year. That, that defense for the Bills is still really good. I got the Bills mm-hmm. winning the AFC East, so, and I got him winning this one, and I got him winning pretty easily. This should be a blow blowout, but I'm getting a sneaky feeling that the Jets will keep it close. With that being said, Buffalo should win this game. I have Buffalo go, uh, winning this. All right. So does Jason, and so does Lamont. So, all right, another sweep. AFC North, you got the Browns and the Ravens. I'm going with Baltimore here, of course. Uh, if you've been listening to this podcast for the last – Few months, I like rookie running back J.K. Dobbins. Uh, let's see how much, uh, how many carries he's going to get on Sunday to make their Ravens offense go. Of course, you have Lamar Jackson, the reigning NFL MVP. Their wide receivers, uh, let's see what they could do. Uh, Cleveland, uh, they got. I got to wait to see what they're going to do. Before uh, remember last year, everybody jumped on that hype train. Look what yeah. happened. <laughs> so I think they'll be improved a little bit, but I got to wait and see what they're going to do these next. A couple of games. With that being said, I'm going with Baltimore. I also am going to pick Baltimore for all the reasons you said, Sid, because mm-hmm. I think they're on a mission. If you if you listen to both John Harbaugh and Lamar Jackson, Mark Ingram, and the rest of that team, they were they're not in a very good mood, and they're on a mission, and they want to they wanted to throw in the Chiefs, and they can start here. They don't have to go out west for any games. So this is sort of like a start for them. We'll see where the, the, the Browns are, but I just don't think they're there yet. They still got the talent. They still got OBJ. They still got Baker Mayfield. But I that defense is still questionable to me. And <coughs> I'm picking Baltimore. And I think they pull away late. And so does Jason and so does Lamont. Yeah, I know Cleveland won there last year, but uh, I think this year would be a different story. All right, next up, we got another interesting NFC interdivisional matchup. We got the Seahawks and the Falcons. I think this is going to be a high-scoring game, and let me tell you why. Matt Ryan for the Atlanta Falcons, he's their star quarterback. You have Julio Jones back now. You have Calvin Ridley. Let's see what Todd Gurley does. This will be his debut in the Atlanta Falcons uniform. On the other side, you know I have Seattle winning the NFC West. Their defense is not as good as it was when they were winning Super Bowls a few years ago, but I think in time it's going to be well enough to carry this team. Russell Wilson, a top five MVP candidate. You have DK Metcalf now entering year number two. Watch out for those Seahawks. It's going to be a shootout. I hope it is, especially for you folks playing fantasy football. With that being said, I got the Seahawks winning this one. 
Yeah, this is going to be a pretty interesting game. I know Atlanta sort of, you know, kind of finished on a high note last year, sort of giving Dan mm-hmm. a reprieve, but I just don't think that that team's good enough. I mean, Matt Ryan, I mean, he's gotten older. He's still pretty good, but he's sort of starting to decline a little bit. I know they've got Todd Gurley there now. They'll probably just keep mm-hmm. him the ball at times. So I think yeah. they'll keep them in the game. But I think Seattle pulls away late, and so does Jason, and so does Lamont. So another sweep. Woohoo! Yeah. All right. Okay. Now we're going into the three three o'clock games. First up, you got the Chargers and the Bang and the Bengals. Um, I'll start this one off. Um, the the Chargers are just snake snake bitten already, and we already know Duran Jason's gonna be out now. Their center, Mike Ponzi's gonna might you know might miss uh miss the game because of a hip injury so this is gonna be tough i know you got joe burrow now they got a new coach now i think this will be a close one but i'm picking the chargers like maybe it gets my better judgment but i'm picking the chargers (laughs) yeah i'm going with the chargers as as well lakina as you mentioned because of the injuries i think this game is going to be close I want to see how Joe Burrow plays in his NFL debut as he's the now the new franchise quarterback for the for the Bengals. With that being said, I'm I'm going with the Chargers. Okay. Um Jason's picking the Chargers and Lamont's gotten a good sort of a mild upset. He has Sensi. Which I would like It wouldn't be too surprising. No, no, it really wouldn't. I mean I I think we'll see how Joe Burrow does against, you know, that that you know, he has to go up against Bosa. So that's gonna be a very interesting matchup there. Um, here's the intriguing mat- matchup that Matt was talking about. You got the Cardinals and the 49ers in the AF. In the I'm looking forward to this one. Yes. This is going to be fun. What do you think? Yeah, if you can see the smile on my face, if you're watching on our <laughs> YouTube channel, War Media, yes. <laughs> this is my upset number two. I'm going with Arizona. Let me tell you why. This is my surprise playoff team, Cal Murray. Year number two, he's going to be better. As you mentioned, Lincoln, he has weapons with DeAndre Hawkins and Christian Kirk. Yeah, King and Drake running the ball. Yes, their defense is going to have to work on some things, but they'll come through through time throughout the season. San Francisco, as I said before, uh, they still have a very good defense, but it's time for the offense to step up. They remind me of the Bears two years ago. You rely on their defense, and then when the offense cannot come through, you are exposed. This is what's going to happen to San Francisco this year. If Arizona can get any, and I mean any pressure on Jimmy Garoppolo, it's going to be a long day for the 49ers. So with that being said, I'm going with Arizona the upset, and I'll be watching every minute on it via my computer. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) look, I mean, this is going to be one of those games where either one of them can win. I know that Arizona's defense is, you know, still, you know, he's still got Chandler Jones. I mean, I think he doesn't get the credit that he deserves for that defense mm-hmm. side for the Cardinals. I think they, and if you look at the, Card- the Cardinals' schedule, outside of the division games, it's pretty easy. So I think they can win enough to get in that, that wild card spot. And I think this is where they do it here. I think Kyler Murray has a big day. I think this will be a high-scoring game. I think they pull away late, and I'm picking the Cardinals. And I guess I'm right there with you, Sid. I got the upset, too. And so is Lamont. Lamont's got the Cardinals, but Jason is picking the 49ers. All right, another good one here. In the NFC South, you got the Bucks and the Saints. 
I am looking forward to this one too, Sid of the Late Games, because this is sort of the matchup that we've all circled. And we've all been waiting for. You got, of course, Tom Brady and Drew Brees, two future Hall of Famers colliding. I'm this is I'm dying to see how this Bucks offense looks with Tom Brady. Of course, you got you got Gronk now back. You know, Mike Evans is questionable, so that might be an issue too. Of course, we know the Saints and their offense. You know, Alvin Kamara, Mike Thomas, probably the best wide receiver in the league. Their defenses are still, you know. Bucks, the Bucks defense became got better, and we know how good the, the Saints defense is. This is a tough one, but I think just because they're at home, I'll pick New Orleans. I'm going with New Orleans as well. The matchup for me is that Bucks defense against that Saints offense. Now, if the Buccaneers defense, their front row can put any pressure on Drew Brees, it's going to be a long day. But I don't think they can do that for a fourth. For 60 minutes, I just don't see it. And assuming ever Kamara plays, which I think it will as of this broadcast, uh, he's going to have a big game against that Buccaneers uh, defense. So with that being said, I'm going with New Orleans at home. And it's a sweep. Everybody else, both Jason and Lamont, got New Orleans. So watch, watch, watch uh, Brady throw for like five touchdowns and, <laughs> and the defense somehow gets a pick six and they end up winning it. That's just how it happens with us here. <laughs> yeah, TB12 strikes again. <laughs> The Sunday Nighter, you got the Cowboys and the Rams. Uh, the Cowboys are my NFC East Division Championship winners, and you're going to see why on Sunday. The Rams on the flip side uh, with their defense, they still have Aaron Donald, but it's a revamp-type defense. I want to see how they do against the run. I expect Zeke Elliott to run all over their defense, run away from Aaron Donald. I expect that to have a good game. That Cowboys defense, I think they'll do enough. Uh, to pressure Jared Goff because they, they don't have a running game. Who's going to run the ball for the Rams? I don't know. But with that being said, the Cowboys should win this one. So I have the Cowboys on the road. Yeah, see, this is a tough one for me. I, I keep going back and forth on this one. I, for all the reasons you said, I, I like the I like the uh, the Cowboys. You know, with everything that went on with Dak, we'll see if he uses mm -hmm. that as motivation. But I, I just. I'm not really ready to sort of write off the Rams just yet. I think golf does enough to, you know, get, get it going. I know Todd Gurley is not there. They had to get rid of a lot of guys on defense because of money. So this is a tough one, but just because they're somewhat the better team, I'll choose Dallas. And Jason actually has the Rams. I'm trying to see which one that Lamont picked. See, he's using he did this in like red marker, so I'm trying to figure out like where the heck. <laughs> I gotta Make it simple next time, Lamont. Oh yeah, just like, just do a check mark or something. That way, I won't have to be like reading it. So, uh, he has Dallas too. So okay, all right. So there you go, split there. Um, you got the Steelers and the Giants. The first Monday nighter. Even though there'll be no fans in the technically the state of New Jersey. Uh, Big Roethlisberger, Big Ben is back for the black and gold. Uh, on the other side, you have Daniel Jones, a.k.a. Danny Dimes. You have Saquon Barkley now in his third year. Hopefully he can stay healthy. With that being said, the Pittsburgh defense grew up before our eyes last year, even though they had backup quarterbacks. that Their team almost made it to the playoffs. Right now with a healthy roster and with a little bit more experience, that defense is better than the New York Giants defense. With that being said, I'm going with the Steelers on the road. 
Uh, yeah, same here. I mean, I, I just, the Giants, they got, they got a new coaching staff too, so I just don't see it there yet. I mean, I'm sure, it's a, I'm sure Saquon Barkley's going to look pretty good, but I think Big Ben wants to sort of have like one more, one more last dance, if you will, like the mm-hmm. last hurrah. And like you said, that defense actually got better. Like I said, Cam Jordan, they, they locked him up. So that's, that's a good sign there for that defense. So I think the Steelers will win this, and I think the Steelers will win handily. And both uh, Lamont and Jason say the same thing. So they both picked the uh, Steelers. Watch out for JT Watt as well for, yeah. the, for the Steelers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like his big brother, JJ. Um, Titans yep. and Broncos. Where do you see this one? This is tough for me, Lakina, because Corlin Sunday, their wide receiver for Denver, he went down with an injury yesterday. He's questionable at best to go on Monday night. Of course, they, they lose Von Miller, their stud linebacker for the year with an injury. But some, and the, the Titans on the other side with Derrick Henry with the running game, they're going to lean on him heavily. But let's go with the trends here. The Broncos usually do well at home in the month of September. And it's going to be the feature Monday night game, the late Monday night game on ESPN on Monday at 9.15 Chicago time. With that being said, I cannot see Ryan Tannehill tearing up that secondary of the Broncos. I just cannot see him doing that. With that being said, I'm going with the Broncos at home. For the same reason, I'm saying I'm saying the Broncos too, Sid, because the same reasons. I know Von Miller's out, but that's still a pretty good defense. Corlin, so mm-hmm. you know, probably one of the, the top young wide receivers in the league. I remember seeing him at Tennessee – Knew he'd be good, so hopefully he'll be able to play. But, you know, like I say, he's listed as doubtful. That Tennessee, I mean, Tannehill, I just wonder, was that like a one-year like year wonder, if you will? I know mm-hmm. that Derrick Henry, you know, it's Derrick Henry, but I, I just don't – not really a big believer in the Titans this year. I know they were able to sneak into the playoffs last year, but I, I just don't see it this year for them. So injuries and all, like you said, they tend to – you know, the Broncos tend to play very well at home in September. So I'm going to pick the Broncos and so does Jason, but Jason, uh, but Lamont has picked the Titans. So, which wouldn't really shock me, honestly. So we'll see what happens there. Right. Last but not least, you got the bears and the lions at four field and our good buddy, Mark Grody just tweeted this out that Robert Quinn is listed as doubtful for this game, but Khalil McAdavid from Montgomery are down to questionable as well as Cordero Patterson. So does that change your pick? It doesn't. Uh, as we mentioned before throughout this episode, uh, the Bears' defense is much better than the Detroit Lions' defense, assuming that the, uh, Khalil Mack will play. I, 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 uh, if you would have asked me a couple weeks ago after the David Montgomery injury, I would have said Lions hands down. But looking overall, uh, the Bears should win this game. Quarterback Mitchell Trubisky has had his uh, success uh, against the Lions in the past, last year, and definitely with that game at Soldier Field two years ago. So Trubisky, all he has to do is find the open guy, don't overthrow that receiver, and he'll be fine because Matt Patricia, that Lions head coach, as I mentioned, he likes to play man against Trubisky. And when he does it again, hopefully Trubisky will make the Lions defense pay. But that alone, I'm going with the Bersh. Bersh. Yeah, this doesn't really yeah. concern me too much here, these injuries for the Bears. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people are, are high on the Lions to sort of surprise some folks this year. But looking at their, their, uh, their roster, I just don't see it. So 
I'm picking the Bears as well. I don't. It's going to be close, but I think the Bears mm-hmm. are just enough to win this game. And it's a sweep because both Jason and Lamont both got the Bears as well. And watch Matt Stafford throw for like five touchdowns and somebody on the defense get like a fumble. No! <laughs> look, I'm, look, I'm just saying this because we all – because this happened a lot last year. We picked the Bears and then they ended up, you know, sticking up the place. So we'll see. All right. That was our week one picks for um, – for Second City Sports, uh, we'll come back next week to see who wins. Now, Lakina, we have a couple of minutes left in the All Football Podcast episode. We did our predictions as far as playoff teams and division winners the other day, but we did not uh, reveal our Super Bowl picks. I know that we all have a have a, a game in hand with the Texans and Chiefs playing on Thursday, so I'll go with you first. Who is your Super Bowl? Uh, mat- what's your Super Bowl matchup, and who's your Super Bowl winner? have the Seahawks and the Ravens for this year's Super Bowl. I think the, okay. the Seahawks would do just enough to get through that NFC just because the, the NFC is wide open and I and you know looking at some of the teams from top to bottom I just don't see like the Seahawks probably have like maybe the best talent top to bottom. I think the Seahawks will beat Minnesota to win the NFC. I think the Ravens upset the Chiefs for the AFC, and I think the Ravens will end up winning the championship, and Lamar Jackson will win MVP. I'm going outside the box a little bit. Uh, This year, 2020, has been a year of change, a year of uncertainty on all fronts, and we haven't seen too much crazy stuff in the sports world, but it may happen in the NFL. I agree with you as far as the NFC representative. It will be the Seattle Seahawks, Mm -hmm. but in the AFC, I have – the Buffalo Bills. Hmm. And I have Seattle winning the whole thing. Buffalo, huh? Okay, you know what? That that really wouldn't shock me. That wouldn't surprise me, I, I think. I just, like he says, I think because the, the unpredictability of the whole year, I mean, mm-hmm. it wouldn't surprise me if a team like Buffalo could slip in there. I mean, they've got, they've got the talent to do it. They do. As we talked about before, they have a great defense. Of course, Josh Allen there. A young stud quarterback. He has weapons now with Stephon Diggs. And watch out for second-year running back Devin Singletary. If he can stay consistent with their running game, uh, sky's the limit for the Buffalo Bills in that offense. All right. So those are our predictions. Hopefully we'll be able to get Jason his on Monday. You know, take it with a grain of salt. Don't take us at our word and take him at face <laughs> at face, <laughs> at face value. Um, all right. So anything else? else like uh, football wise that you want to talk about before we wrap up yeah just wrapping up our football podcast episode here uh i'm really looking forward to week one as we mentioned with matt verderan from fansign.com earlier in the hour i'm uh, as most of america will be watching tampa bay in new orleans i'll have that on dvr and watching it later I will be watching Arizona, San Francisco via my laptop. <laughs> and I'm also keeping an eye on that Green Bay, Minnesota game as well. Yeah, same here. I mean, I'm looking forward to that Cardinals, that, that Cardinals Niners game. I think that's going to sort of like set the tone for the NFC West. Don't be surprised. I know some people will probably listen to this and say, what y'all picking the Cardinals? We've been trying to tell y'all. Don't be surprised. Stop, stop questioning us. <laughs> Um, another game I'm looking forward 
the look the of course Bucks and Saints because you know those are the three those are the three o'clock games. Um, Dynasty with how the Ravens look and how the 49ers will look, how the Vikings look. So I'm looking forward to like somehow some of these teams look, especially with there being no no like real off season, no training camp or anything like that to sort of go to sort of rely on. So this is gonna be very interesting though, Sid, especially like like we've been saying, the aesthetics is so the aesthetics of everything is going to look very different. The feel of it's going to be different. So I'm looking to see how all this all this goes. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it as well. And one last question before we call it uh, call it quits: uh, Any new announcing crews, whether it's from CBS, Fox, or ESPN, are you looking forward to listening and watching the most? At least being intrigued by. It. I'm looking forward to see how Ian Eagle and Charles Davis sound together because this is Charles Davis's first year w with CBS. Of course, you know, they mm -hmm. didn't renew Dan Faust's contract. So now Ian Eagle has a new partner. Um, they switched the um, Kevin Harlan and Greg Gumbel around, which I thought was pretty interesting. Um, yeah. Harlan's now with, um, with Trent Green and also Melanie Collins, who's a really good sideline reporter. Mm -hmm. And now Gumbel's now with Rich Gannon, who's actually pretty good himself. So I'm, I'm looking forward to see how they sound. I mean, our buddy Spiro Didis and Adam Archuleta, former Bear at one point, they always sound great together. Um, on Thanks, Lovey. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> right. I mean, as for Fox, I mean, our, our good friend Adam and me, we'll see how he does with, with Stink, Mark Stink Schlereff. Um, Johnson Vilma, another guy I'm looking forward to seeing. He had, he didn't do any he didn't call games when he was doing college football with ESPN. So I'm looking forward to see how he does with football. Um, He'll be doing the Bears game with Kenny Albert on Sunday. Yep. And yeah, I mean, what about you, Sid? I'm looking forward to um, the the number two crew from Fox. Is of course is not Kevin Harlan. Is Kevin Burkhart and Darren Moose Johnson. I've really been a big fan of his for a long time. Yeah. He's worked with Big Stockton in the past. He's worked with Kenny Albert uh, from, for many years. Of course, he worked with Chris Myers the past couple of years. Now he's moved up back to the number two crew. So him, Pam Oliver, and Kevin Burkhardt, uh, they're going to do some great things. I know they're doing the Philadelphia-Washington game on Sunday. And also I'm looking forward to the new Monday night football crew on ESPN, Lewis Riddick. And Brian Creasy and Steve Levy, Levy, that should be a whole lot of fun. I mean, I know people look at the names and they're sort of say, really? But look, this is not like in the 70s where you had Howard Cosell and Frank Gifford and Don Merrill. Mm -hmm. I mean, look, that was a rare crew. I mean, look, our generation said we had um, Al Michaels, Frank Gifford, and Dan Deardorff, which yeah. I mean, they don't get their due. I think they were pretty good. I don't know how you felt about them, Sid, but I thought they were pretty good. And I think yeah, you guys here are going to be pretty good too. So, and of course, you know, since the you know ESPN, and ABC, they're trying to kind of get back into like the NFL sort of Super Bowl um, rotations. Mm -hmm. so they need a, a solid crew, and I think they will. I think they'll do just fine. Yeah, I know Lewis Riddick, who used to be with NFL Life. I know he was upset a couple of years ago when he didn't get that spot, which went to Jason uh, Witten. Now I don't know where he is now, but. <laughs> But I know he went back to playing last year, but I don't know if he's still playing this year or not. But uh, I'm glad to see Lewis Riddick back on TV um, during uh, calling live action. So I think he's going to do it one heck of a job. 
Yep. Yeah. Um, and I think as far as Moose Johnson, I think being with Burke, I think it's only for a year, right? Because isn't Greg Olson supposed to take over after he retires? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see. I mean, I think they sound good. They may do a three-man. I don't know. But also, I'm also looking forward to see how the satellite reporters are going to – gonna where they're going to be. Like mm-hmm. we talked about it earlier because since they won't be allowed actually on the sidelines, it'll be interesting to see how – People like, you know, Pam Oliver and Aaron Andrews and Lindsay Zarniak and Laura Oakman, who's been doing it for years, Jen Hale. Mm-hmm. You know, we mentioned Tracy Wolfson earlier and also Evan Washburn. It'll be interesting to see how, where all those folks are going to be. I, I'm, I'm kind of interested to see where they're going to put those, put these guys, because also our good, our good friend Mark Grody, who does it for 6-7 to score locally here. Also, I don't know how it's going to be for like, it's going to be like this for like all the local, you know, teams as well. This is going to be very interesting. Yeah, they had to be creative and and present present their work to the fans that are watching on TV for those television reports. I want to see how the radio is going to do as well. It shouldn't be too much of a problem for radio, but for television, which is so visual, how would these timeline report? reporters present their work will be sitting in a stance will they be separating a different press box well, we don't know but I'm, I'm intrigued and interested to to see all this play out should be fun now also some you know outside the football realm you got game seven you know raptors and celtics going on you know for a spot against a play against miami in the eastern conference finals so that should be a good one there mm-hmm. i'm i mean i i I think the Raptors might end up pulling it out, but if the Celtics continue that hot shooting, they're going to be tough to beat. I couldn't agree with you more. I'm going with the Raptors. Now, do both LA now the West? Do you do both LA teams win their respective game fives, and they end up you know ending it and sort of going on that collision course that we expected? Yes. All right, and um, let's see what else. Uh, you know, the Cubs, White Sox. We'll talk more about that on Monday's podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the U.S. Open, you got the finals coming up there. On the women's side, unfortunately, the Serena Williams wasn't able to. She lost to Azarenka. Azarenka actually finally exercised those demons, being Serena for the first time in a Grand Slam. Mm-hmm. So it'll be her against Osaka. So that should be a fun one there. On the men's side, you're going to see a first-time champion. So that should be – look, it'll be a, a great win for them, even though, yes, the big – the big three of Federer and Nadal. And of course, we all know what happened with Djokovic last week, earlier this week. So that should be a fun one as well. Um, like I said, you got college football starting kind of in full swing. That's another thing I'm interested in, interested in, Sid, because we've seen like there have been some outbreaks, you know, in some of these campuses. Wisconsin yeah. just had to go to remote learning for a couple of weeks because there was an outbreak there. So yeah, I want to see him trying to pull this off. <laughs> At Clemson, Wake Forest, you know, this weekend. Also, Syracuse, North Carolina. Duke and Notre Dame. So, some matchups in the, in the ACC. They kind of get their their they get their their games going. So, will be very interesting. We'll definitely check those out. So, busy sports weekend, Sid. Yes, it is. I'm ready to head up out of here and get ready for the Bears, Lions, and plus other week one NFL action. Of course, there will be no fans in the stands of, as of right now, but it still doesn't mean that football isn't back. Football is back, and I cannot wait to tune in. 
<clears throat> and the ratings for, uh, I believe those ratings for the um, Texans-Chiefs game, that it was huge, although the, the official number one part won't come out till later on. But from what mm -hmm. I've read, the preliminary ratings were really good. So I'm sure people are glad that, excuse me, people are glad that the NFL's back. Yeah, but don't forget about the gambling aspect of it, not just fantasy football, but gambling is illegal, illegal including the state of Illinois. So people are going to be betting now more than ever since you cannot attend games in person. Which means that the ratings will be up, up, up. So there's a lot of money to be yes. handled and be and to be won. So remember, guys, gamble responsibly. On that note, yes. follow me at Keena McGee on Twitter, at Keena underscore McGee on the Instagram. You can follow yours truly on Twitter and Instagram at SidKid80. Once again, at SidKid80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. You can read all of my articles at realregalradio.com. That's W-E-A-R-E-R-E-G-A-L radio.com. And you can download this podcast, Second City Sports, along with our other great programming from We Are Regal Radio. Just search for War on Anger, which keeps you over to Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes. We're everywhere. Just search for War on Anger wherever you download your podcast. And don't forget to download the iHeartRadio app. Just download that app and search for War on Anchor. That's W-A-R-R on Anchor. You can access our programming right there. Also on YouTube. So where are we at on YouTube, Sid? War Media. That's W-A-R-R Media. Like the page, share the page, subscribe to the page, comment on it, and you see our lovely faces. Like right now. Voila! <laughs> And spread and get the likes up too. Get them up, get them up, get them up. And get to subscribe too. Tell your friends. Yeah. So for Jason, I mean, Jason, I got Jason, I got Jason's picks on my mind here. Uh, for Sydney, <laughs> for Sydney, I'm Lakina. This has been Second Season Sports Zoom style, and we'll see you next week. Enjoy week one of the NFL regular season premiere weekend. Till next time, holla. <laughs>